I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me in Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21, as we continue walking our way through the very first book of the Bible this morning, we began this journey at the beginning of the year, and we are pressing on as we continue to hear from God's Word, to hear about His faithfulness, as we've just sung about this morning. And if you are new to North River Church, just want you to know that every single week as we gather together, we open God's Word together. We work through portions of Scripture, verse by verse, trusting that God will do what He promises, and that is to form us and to shape us, to give us a big picture view of who He is and what He's doing both in history past, in our lives in the present, and the promises that will be fulfilled by him in the future. As we look this morning, the message is entitled, The Hero, and this is going to be an absolutely fun passage of Scripture to work through this morning. As we prepare to do that, I want to ask you a simple question. Have you ever, at your life, found yourself in a position where someone that you wanted to have a relationship with, whether that's uh, a significant other or someone in your family or just a friend, that if you were not the one to initiate every single piece of communication, it would die. You know the flaky people I'm talking about, right? The people that don't ever respond, the people that if you didn't call them, they would never call you. You know, we've all experienced that at some point in our lives, someone who we have to reach out to. If we're going to continue to fan the flame of that relationship, we've got to be the one to pick up the phone or to send the text message so that we continue that line of communication. And here's the problem, I think, oftentimes as followers of Jesus that we have in our own lives. We believe that we have to do that in our relationship with God. We have this mindset that we have to initiate this relationship every single time. And the reality is that could not be further from the truth. In fact, every aspect of the Christian life is a response to what God has already initiated. And what we're going to see in the text this morning is that reminder for us as we work through Abraham and his life, as we work through God fulfilling his promise ultimately to Abraham, as we look at the promises of God fulfilled to Ishmael and to Hagar, what we're going to be reminded of is that for us, if we're followers of Jesus this morning, we are not initiating anything when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. We are simply responding in obedience to what God is already doing. It's a fascinating switch for most of us in the self-help culture that we live in, the pick up yourselves by your own bootstraps culture in which we live, that we sometimes approach the Lord in the same way, that it's up to us, when in reality, all of the Christian life is a response to what God has already initiated. I want to read the text for us this morning, and then we'll walk back through it as we do every week. And this is God's Word, Genesis chapter 21, beginning in verse 1 and walking through verse 21. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son 
in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. As the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. So she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son. For the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham arose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes And then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, let me not look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Fear not. For God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy and he grew up and he lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took a wife for him from the land of of Egypt. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see, that you would open our ears that we would be able to hear, and that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit this morning. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. If you're taking notes this morning, which I encourage you to do, write down this main idea that will frame our time together In Genesis chapter 21, these first 21 verses, I mentioned it earlier, it's a truth that I want to encourage you to cling to if you are a follower of Jesus this morning, every aspect of the Christian life is a response to what God has initiated. Every aspect of the Christian life is a response to what God has first Initiated. We're going to unpack that practically in just a little bit, but I want to cast the, the big picture of what's going on in the text this morning. One, we see ultimately the 
fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. We see that in the first verses there as a child is provided for he and Sarah. In fact, up until this point in time, the Lord had promised that he would make Abraham into a great nation, that through Abraham all the nations of the earth would be blessed, that he would have a son, and that through that son and the lineage that would follow, ultimately we know Jesus Christ came to this earth. But what's interesting in this is that up until this moment, even though the Lord's made this promise, it's not yet happened. And yet we're going to see this fulfillment here. But not only that, we're going to see the Lord fulfill another promise that he had made to Ishmael in Abraham's son. We're going to unpack that just a little bit as well as we walk through the text. And, and then I want to get incredibly practical with us this morning. As we think about our lives as believers, as we think about prayer, as we think about reading God's word, as we think about salvation, that all of it is a response to what God has first done. We're going to see that in Abraham's life here in the text this morning. If you're taking notes, write down this first truth, the hero of every story. The hero of every story, including our story, is... God. I joked with our men on Wednesday mornings, meet with a group of guys. We do Bible study together. It's funny because we were talking about salvation. We were talking about a couple of different things related to that and, and how for us as followers of Jesus, we have the privilege of boasting not in what we've done for ourselves, but ultimately in what God has done on our behalf and making it possible for us to experience forgiveness of sin. And, and I shared with them, it's the equivalent, you know, and, and don't hold this against me if, if, you, if you're not on board yet, okay? I hear that, on board yet. Sam sitting in the back corner back there is wearing red and black this morning, the colors of heaven, right? <laughs> Georgia Bulldogs, I'm a Bulldog fan. Uh, and last year, if you know, we won the national championship. Just didn't know if you knew that or not. May have mentioned that a few times in the midst of uh, sermons and that kind of thing. And uh, my uh, fellow Alabama fans who uh, don't like that a whole lot, sorry, right? <laughs> Second place, first loser, it's okay though, right? But what's interesting is for us as fans, we often talk about it as if we won the national championship. And what's interesting is no one looks at me and says, what position did you play on the team? What number were you? Well, of course, the answer is, no, I didn't play on the team. I, I wasn't a player there. I, it, when we say we won, I mean, we're just fan base, right? We're not the actual players. But if we're not careful when we approach the Lord, we, we oftentimes talk in that as if we have done something as we think about our relationship with the Lord. But the reality is the hero of our story, if we're followers of Jesus this morning, is not us. It is him. It's a work of God in our lives. We responded to what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ. I want you to notice verse 1 of chapter 21. It says, the Lord visited Sarah, notice the next part, as he had said. 
We're going to see this play out over and over and over again in the text. The Lord does as he said. The Lord does as he said. The Lord finished what he started. The Lord accomplished what he promised. The Lord fulfilled what he said that he would do. And we sang about that this morning. We're reminded by Pastor Cody of that important truth that we serve a God who is faithful to do what he promised he would do. And Abraham and Sarah, up until this point, had not seen the fulfillment of the promise. They had not experienced yet what God was going to do. They had heard about it. But here, the Lord accomplishes it. It says, the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. Verse 2, Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. The Lord fulfilled his promise in providing them a son. Now don't lose sight of the fact that this was a miracle in the making. That Abraham was 100 years old, his wife Sarah 90 years old. Biologically that doesn't work. And yet with God we are reminded that all things are possible. But think about it. Abraham and Sarah simply received what God had done. You know, as we think about that, the hero of every story in Scripture is not the characters that we encounter. Ultimately, it's the Lord. The story of history is the story of God at work in people's lives who are imperfect, that he is working through and in to bring about his plan and his purpose. All of history, when we look at it from the vantage point of Scripture, the hero is never the characters, it is always the Lord. The same thing is true in your life as well. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, the reality is you are not the hero of your story. Now, sometimes we like to act like we are, right? We want to believe that we're the hero of our own story. We want to believe that we made all this possible, but the reality is that it is the Lord who is the hero of your story. When you were dead in your sin and trespasses, it was through Jesus Christ's life, death, and resurrection that you were made alive in Christ. Reality is, the Lord is the hero of your story. The Lord is the hero of this story. The Lord is the hero of every single story, both in the scriptures and in this world in which we live. God at work to bring about his plan and his purpose. You know, when we think about that in this context, in this situation, it's interesting that for Abraham and Sarah in this moment, they are finally experiencing the promise of God fulfilled. You remember how many years that they waited though? That they waited for the Lord to do what he promised. Over 25 years waiting on the Lord to fulfill his promise. The highs and the lows, the points where they thought we'll take this in our own hands and we'll see the aftermath of that in just a little bit as we look at Hagar and Ishmael. But ultimately, it is the Lord at work in his time and in his purpose. It's a beautiful thing to remind us as followers of Jesus this morning that this is not about us ultimately. It is about what God has done. 
maybe here this morning, and for you, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you think in your mind right now that you're the hero of your story. And the reality is you cannot bear the weight of that. You are desperately in need of a relationship with Jesus Christ. You are desperately in need of a hero that can save you from your sin. The hero of the story. For us as believers is the Lord. The hero of the story this morning for you, if you're not yet a believer, is the Lord. You have the opportunity this morning to receive the gift of salvation provided through His Son, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and see clearly for the first time and experience personally that He is the hero that you've been looking for in your story. You know, it's interesting that as we continue and look this morning, I want you to notice that the proper response for us, it's the second truth, is to worship God who is our hero. So the first step is to recognize that he is the hero of our story. But then it's to worship him. Notice what Abraham does beginning in verse 3. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him Isaac, which means he laughs. It is a picture of Abraham and Sarah receiving the promise of the Lord fulfilled for them and just sitting back in absolute joy and admiration for what God has done and laughing. Laughing because of the joy that they've experienced. Laughing because God actually fulfilled the promise that he had made to them. He actually provided them a son when biologically it was impossible. When everyone else looking around them said, I don't see how this works. And yet the Lord fulfilled his promise. Abraham names the son Isaac. And then notice in verse 4, and Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old. Listen, as God had commanded him. The response of Abraham in this passage, recognizing what God has done is to walk in worship and obedience to the Lord. See, here's the thing. When you recognize and understand that God is the hero of your story, the natural response of that is that life is not about you. Ultimately, life is about him and what he's done both in you and through you for the world in which we live. And notice Abraham's response in this is to follow in obedience to the Lord. Remember, the promise that God had made is that he would ultimately give Abraham a son. But if you remember part of the covenant that God had made, he said, you're going to follow through in this act of circumcision. It's a setting apart of you as a people from every other people around you. You will be my chosen people. That's the promise that he had made to Abraham. And this was the sign of that covenant. And here Abraham walks in obedience to the Lord. Abraham realized in this moment it was absolutely nothing that he had done to bring him to the point of having a son. He couldn't have manufactured this on his own. He couldn't have made this happen in his own strength and in his own power. He was totally dependent on the Lord to provide this son to him. And once the Lord fulfilled the promise, notice Abraham's response, walk 
in worship and obedience. So as we think about that, if you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, that is the call for us in our lives as well. When we recognize and understand who the Lord is and what he's done for us through his son, Jesus Christ, the natural response of our lives should be worship, should be obedience to him. Paul would emphasize it in this way, that we are to offer our lives as a living sacrifice to the Lord, that we are willing to put ourselves on the altar and follow him in worship and in obedience. But notice, it's all a response to what God has done. It's not that we follow in obedience because we're trying to earn the favor of God. We already have it. It's not that we are walking in obedience and in worship because if we don't, God's going to be displeased with us. The reality is, it is an act of of recognition and understanding of who God is and what he's done. And from a grateful heart, we worship him because he deserves it. Now, I want you to think about that just practically in your own life. When we think about salvation, salvation is a gift offered to us to receive. We don't work to earn our salvation from the Lord. In fact, it was accomplished by Jesus' death on the cross for our sins. Through his resurrection, it makes it possible for us to have our sins forgiven. It is a work of the Lord that he offers to us as a gift. God initiates this work, and we simply respond and receive the gift of salvation. If you're here this morning, you're not yet a follower of Jesus. You think, Pastor, what what do I have to do? Like, what are the steps that I have to take to receive that gift or to, to figure out how to be saved? And the reality is to recognize and understand who Jesus is and what he's done on your behalf to turn from your sin and to trust Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And the promise is that when you do that, you will receive the gift of salvation that Jesus' death and his resurrection provides. You don't earn it. You don't initiate it. You simply receive what he's done for you. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, I want you to think about that practically in your life as well. What about when we come in on Sunday morning and we sing? When we worship the Lord as we sing, we're not initiating anything in that. The Lord's not in heaven going, oh, wow, it's Sunday, and they're all sitting in church singing to me. No, the reality is God is already at work in our lives. The promises that he has fulfilled that we sang about this morning, he is accomplishing day in and day out in our lives. Think about this. The breath that is in your lungs at this moment when you get ready to sing, the Lord has allowed that to happen. So when we sing, we sing as a response to what God has already done 
in our lives. Not only that, but what happens when we come to Scripture? When we read God's Word, we may think we wake up in the morning, we have to open the Bible so that we can initiate that relationship with the Lord. We oftentimes talk about it in that way. But I want you to recognize and understand, the Lord has already spoken to us through His Word. So when we read the scriptures, God has first initiated that conversation with us. And we're simply responding to that. What about prayer? What about when we pray in our lives as believers? Sometimes we think maybe we've got to get God's attention. We think maybe God doesn't know what's going on in my life right now. Maybe God's not aware of the trials and the difficulties, the struggles that I'm walking through. I need to to inform him of what's going on in my life. When the reality is the Lord says that prayer is not about that at all. In fact, he says, I already know what you need before you ask me. God is the great initiator, and we simply respond to what he's already doing. What about when we give? When we give as an act of worship to the Lord, the reality is it is a response to what God has given to us. I've said this often to us, church, that there is absolutely no way that we can pay God back for what he has given to us in salvation through Jesus Christ. It would be impossible to do. And yet God invites us to join him in what he's doing through his work in this local church and through this church to the nations. And as we give, we have the opportunity to respond to how the Lord has blessed us us. Even in giving, we are simply responding to what God has done. What about when we serve? You say, well, I mean, I, you know, that's me initiating something with the Lord. I mean, certainly when I get to heaven one day, if I've served in the toddler room, I mean, I know the Lord's got to look at me with favor. No, here's the thing. We serve, the scripture says, because we have first been served by the Lord. Jesus said he came to lay down his life as a ransom to serve and not to be served. So for us as believers, following in the footsteps of Jesus, we serve not to try to earn the favor of God, but because we have been served by the Lord. We respond in obedience to what God has initiated. Now, here's what that does for us as followers of Jesus. It takes the burden oftentimes we feel off of our shoulders thinking that we have to somehow initiate things with God. As if he is distant and really uninterested and really too busy to be worried about what's going on in our lives. And so we have to pray and we have to read the Bible. Like we have to kind of get on his calendar and on his radar. And the reality is, let me free you from the burden of that. When you sing, when you pray, when you read the word of God, when you serve, when you give, you are simply responding to what God has initiated. 
You are responding to what he has already done. We see that in Abraham and Sarah's life in this moment. I want you to notice in verse 5, it says, Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. In verse 6, Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? And yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Not only is the proper response for us to worship God, who is the hero of our story, but I want you to notice the third truth we see here outlined for us by Sarah as she responds to what God has done. Here's the third truth. The wonderful privilege we have is to point others to God, who is the hero of our story. Did you notice what Sarah said there? She didn't say, well, I'm glad the Lord fulfilled that, and I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Notice what she's concerned about. She's concerned about what everybody else is going to say. She's like, they are going to laugh. They're going to hear what God has done, and they are going to chuckle. That a 90-year-old woman could have a baby. She is primarily concerned about what is going on outside of her. Yes, she's blessed by the Lord in this. Yes, she's responded with Abraham in obedience to this. But I want you to notice that her mind is shifting outward in this moment. And I hope for us as followers of Jesus who know and recognize and understand that he's the hero of our story, and as we respond in obedience and worship to him, that our eyes will also get off of ourselves to the people that we encounter around us. That our concern is that they would look at us and see Not that we picked ourselves up by our own bootstraps, not that, man, look at me, I've got this all figured out, but they would look at us and that they would recognize and see in us and hear from us how amazing our God is. When they look at us, that they would go, what's different about you? And that we wouldn't sit back and say, well, you know, I mean, I really kind of got this whole thing figured out. I've got the Christian life down pat. I mean, like, I could teach a class if you would like for me to. No, we look and recognize that he is the hero of the story, that we are pointing others to him. Sarah looks and says, man, they're going to laugh. They're going to rejoice. They're going to celebrate what God has done. And for you and for me as followers of Jesus this morning, we have the privilege of pointing people to the God who is the hero of our story. Continuing on in the text this morning, we see once again the Lord fulfilling the promise that he had made to Hagar and to Ishmael. Once again, God coming through with what he promised that he would do. Once again, him being the hero of the story. I ask you this morning as we have an opportunity to respond to the Lord and to celebrate communion together as a church family. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? If you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, 
Would you simply take this opportunity to thank God for being the hero of your story? To thank Him for what He's done, the promises that He's fulfilled, what He's accomplished on your behalf through Jesus Christ, His Son, the salvation that you have through Him. And then as a follower of Jesus this morning, ask the question, what is the next step of obedience? What is that act of worship? What does it look like in my life as a follower of Jesus to respond to what God has done, to do that faithfully, to do that daily, step by step? And then as a follower of Jesus, what does it look like to point others to the hero of my story, the Lord? Who has God placed in your life that needs to know that there's hope this morning? If you're here and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you've never taken that step. This is an opportunity for you to recognize who the hero is. To recognize and understand this morning that God invites you into a relationship with him. What Jesus Christ, His Son, has made possible for you. The gift of salvation has been extended to you today. Will you receive it? Will He be the hero of your story? Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I ask that you would work in your people today. Remind us that you are the hero of our story. Remind us that all of our life is simply a response to what you've done already for us. God, would you help us point others to you as the hero? God, if there's one here that doesn't yet know Jesus Christ as their Savior, would today be the day of salvation for them? We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? So we have an opportunity to respond this morning and prepare our hearts to celebrate union together. Our altar is open. If you need to take a step this morning, a step of obedience, you need to take the first step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, we'd love to help you do that. You respond this morning as the Lord leads.